All right, welcome to episode 27 of Bingo is Life. Yay! I'm Jay Zare, joined by the fabulous Hattie Show Brothers. Back in the fold, this yes. man who says he's Dan Easley he looks strangely different. <laughs> I'm Dan Easley. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I know. Are you going to give us the weather report? <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, no, that's no, what I'm, I'm expecting. I've lost, you know, it, it comes in the eyes and oh, yeah. goes out the mouth and nothing <laughs> remains in the brain. <laughs> Nuclear war. Welcome back, seven. Dan. It's so good yeah. to have you. Thank you. I feel like I know awesome. that. It's so good, awesome. good to be back. We also have Mom Shackles. Yay! Over in that corner in the Silent Dave chair. <laughs> Silent Dave's, st- wife. Silent Dave's yeah, wife. Silent Dave's wife. We have a special guest, a very special guest. Just hang on. We'll get to her in a moment. Yeah. Oh, well, you wanna, what it's happened almost to, like it's like, ooh, suspenseful. What happened at Bingo tonight? Oh, it was oh, very man. exciting. Tonight was the introduction of the Bingo Flamingo. <laughs> the Bingo Flamingo. <laughs> Which it apparently was, is a new... Uh, <laughs> uh, I found it for four ninety nine at Ollie's. It's cool. Yeah, so, so um, I... I I know I missed something, but <laughs> what the hell is that? All right. So the Bingo Flamingo is a, uh, it's a, a bubble-blowing toy that uh, apparently does not blow bubbles. It's broke. <laughs> <laughs> so I took a marker, yeah. and I wrote, Bingo, Bingo is life on it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, That's what makes it official. You and think. then I put it on top of the wheel for all to say, mm-hmm. see. And then I said, Bingo Flamingo, at least 20 times yeah, tonight. Yeah, yeah. So by the end of the night, there was a buzz. Yeah, right. Every time we said Bingo Flamingo, there's a new uh, rush of excitement in the mm-hmm. crowd. Yep. You see. Yeah. I had some, I had some uh, Flamingo uh, trivia that I did not get to break out, yeah, but yeah, I was prepared yeah. for it. Uh, maybe, but, uh, you know, maybe on the podcast in a few do months. They ever, do they ever stand on both legs at the same time? Ooh, Ooh, that's a good trivia question. question. Good question. Why would they have two <laughs> legs if they, if they didn't use them both? Right. I don't it know. It seems like they would. Yeah. yeah. Speaking yeah. of Bingo Flamingo, <laughs> yes, yes. I will be opening for Andy Beningo. Oh, no! Really? This is oh, wow. hot. Yes. National touring comedian at Court Square Theater, Saturday night, the 26th. Oh, wow. my god! If you're listening in that real time. Wow. Give me the uh, the uh, fugue state um, promo on that. Uh, this Saturday, <laughs> August the twenty sixth, at Court Square Theater, X two Comedy Series at seven thirty. Doors at six. Wow, that's Margie pretty Clement good. We'll be there. It the other X Men and Light. Well, no, she's our current Men and Light, so she, oh, okay. she, she, that counts. <laughs> are we? Are we? Are we? Are we yeah. Okay, yeah, we have a very special guest star on the show special. tonight. Ooh. A Nationally uh, known uh, product and gem of the Shenandoah Valley, singer, songwriter, extraordinaire, Corey Lynn Green. Yeah. Welcome, Corey. Thank you. So glad to be here. Oh, oh, so glad you could so make thankful it. you made it. She's even got a fan club here. I know. Yeah. <laughs> they go I, I with have... me on tour and everywhere <laughs> that I go. Have you have you just gotten back from tour? You were you were somewhere, right? Yeah. So I just got back from Philly, where I was um, finishing the end of my second album. That's getting ready to come Fantastic. out before the end of the year. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that is fantastic. So, yeah. album number two, but you've been putting out tons of singles in the meantime. Yeah, I've been working really hard this year, just in every way and ways I didn't even know were possible. Um, I've been on the road, I've been playing at festivals, and um, yeah, I've been putting out, I've probably put out 
I don't know, maybe eight singles also throughout the year. Unbelievable. And kind of once a month, I've been going up to Philly and recording with some amazing musicians up there. So <laughs> is the album going to be the collection of these singles? Yeah, mostly? it'll be a collection. We decided instead of putting out the album the way that we did last time at Court Square Theater, which was a lot of fun, um, we decided to, um, to release them all as singles. Um, people weren't really listening as like a, a larger dialogue. And we want to do that, but we're going to have a separate sort of, um, we're going to put that out so it's more of a storyline. Uh, we'll put all the songs together. And uh, yeah, and there'll be one song that you can uh, only hear if you buy the album. Ah, so we, uh, we nice the, uh, little teaser. We had the big, yeah, it is. Good. Teaser, right. We had the Little Grill episode last week, so I remember mm. you. Uh, that's where I met you. Um, Back in the 1840s. Yeah, that's right. That's right. When I was Pre 25 War, and you were right. 23. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I well, well, you weren't a musician back then. Maybe you could give us a, the, 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 nut, the nutshell version of, of what happened to get you in, started on this path. Sure, sure. I mean, I'd like to point out, too, that um, Chris Howdy-Shell and I met also at The Little Grill, and I was 15. Sweet. Um, and I did like to write poetry and drink a lot of coffee. Uh-huh. We all did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and never leave The Little Still Grill. Still do. So shout that's out. That's what the, Ron was complaining <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We smoked too many cigarettes. We smoked cigarettes and yeah, yeah. drank their coffee yeah. and never yeah. left, and it was yeah. not good yeah. for business. Um, yeah. But it was an incredible time because there was a lot of music down there, and there was a lot of like people making films, and like it was sort of nuts in terms of creativity. And it was a really, really good place for me to be. I had grown up in um, a little bit more of a rural part of the Shenandoah Valley, and come from a family that's super country and Appalachian and um, so I would you know race my way to the little grill where all the hippies were hanging out and mm-hmm. same <laughs> yeah it was like Briar Branch I couldn't get far aw- enough away yeah, and, was, there, oh, yeah. and there was only one spot in town where you could find the others and yep. that was the little <laughs> grill <laughs> so um, so yeah I didn't sing back then at all and in fact really didn't have any any idea that I had a voice I still sometimes question that but I um I basically was um fiddling around on a fiddling I was playing around on a banjo and um and that has its own origin um but I wasn't really doing much with it and then I was still writing I'd always been writing I'd been writing some songs that were just for me but um eventually I had a cancer diagnosis and Um, On the other side of that, um, I really didn't play banjo during that time at all. I can kind of remember looking at it across the room and feeling really like I didn't want to do anything that made me too happy. (laughs) Wow. Isn't that weird? I just didn't I I didn't think happiness belonged in there, you know, and I just I just so I just couldn't do it. And and then as I was recovering, I had a lot to say and a lot to get out. And I, I was writing and writing and then playing and playing and then. I was recovering and everything was just for me and I ended up winning a raffle at Blue Sprockets Sound which allowed me to have four hours of recording time and I went in and I was scared. I'd never sang into a microphone before. I was shaking. I could hardly play the the banjo. But when when it was over, um, Gordon Davies, who's an amazing um, producer and sound guy, um, was like, this brings you a lot of joy. You know, because I was, he'd play it back right. and I'd go, that's, that's me, because, you know, it was like, I'd yeah, never heard myself great. through equipment or anything like that. And, and he said, yeah, that's amazing. Like, you know, whose songs are those? And I'm like, oh, no, no, those are my songs. And he's like, wait a minute, those are your songs? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, you wrote those songs? I'm like, yeah. And he said, those are, those sound like old folk songs. Like, those sound like, you know, something. Right. And, and this brings you a lot of joy. And maybe you should, maybe you should think about doing more of that if you're so happy. And. 
I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I put those two songs out on YouTube and my friends and family listened and it was very kind of them. And, mm -hmm. and that was it. That was the end of that. And then um, a friend of mine, a local friend of mine was doing some research and ended up getting into a conversation with a guy up in Philly uh, about that research that had nothing to do with music. And as it turned out, he was a well-known music producer in Philadelphia. And she said, I have something you need to hear. And he said he hears that a million times a day. And, mm. and it has found a polite way to be like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And then move on. <laughs> and, and then she played him a song of mine called Blow Away, which yeah. was a song that I wrote when I was like 16. And, um, and he had never heard anything like that before, good or bad, you know, mm -hmm. and he wanted to hear it again. He was curious about the story. He was really curious about my voice. I mean, he hadn't heard any of our, the music that we, that we do in the hills here, really. And, and, um, and then, you know, he wanted to hear it again the next morning. And uh, about that time, as I was recovering from cancer and these songs were out, the pandemic hit. And my job went away, and this guy reached out to me and said, hey, you have any interest in recording that song? And I said, you're a scammer. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Which is the right And I'm response. telling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're talking about uh, yeah. Doug yeah. Fern. That's right. For, if there's yeah. any tech heads in the audience, he's the guy that started DW Fern. Uh, they make the very high-end tube uh, uh, hybrid uh, uh, preamps and, and compressors and things like that. That's right, and and he's really well known for it, and just about anybody you can think about in the business has, has used his equipment, and it's the best sound recording equipment in the world. And he really has a, a he has a great uh, podcast as well. The, this yes, that he does. Was, uh, oh, right. Interestingly, they had to buy up all the the uh, only place that where they can get the this is a total rabbit hole. <laughs> 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 Boomer ADHD, but they, yeah. they, they uses the, the uh, vacuum tubes come from Eastern Europe, and so they. Right. With the war in Ukraine, it put a big cramp on it. They had to buy them all up to, uh, so he'd have enough to, to continue his business into the I've, future. I've heard the market is a little weird with the two right. amps right now. Yeah, that, that was a really interesting story. How he, he you guys, are yeah, you allowed to tell all that about how you, the specifics of how you hooked up with him? Wasn't it the, there was an acupuncturist? In it? Yeah, yeah. So it was a local <laughs> acupuncturist who, um, who has um, medical acupuncture um, business in Harrisonburg. So, look her up, um, Barry and. Um, and yeah, that's that's um, that is how how she's the one that shared the music, and she was doing research on Lyme disease, and he worked um, with the Lyme Disease Foundation in Philadelphia, and so that was the connection. And then she realized, oh, he's he records this music, and she was really into the recording music that he had done. I mean, he's been in the business for like 40 years, right. so she was listening to his stuff, and then by some luck of the draw she and i had never even really talked about my music so why she decided to play him that i'll never know i owe her a, a huge oh. yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> a huge debt of gratitude because cool. you know i didn't i didn't have any i mean i just didn't know yeah. anything at all so the uh the, you know, the cancer diagnosis kind of parallels uh, in a way the experience a lot of us had with the uh pandemic and everything yeah. uh, mm -hmm. uh, i mean how how much was the confrontation with mortality an element in getting you on this path? Yeah, for sure. I mean, actually, for me, the pandemic was easy. It was hard for a lot of people. <laughs> but for me, I had already done that because what did you have to do? Let go of everything you thought you knew you were with your job. Mm -hmm. Let go of everything you thought you were doing <laughs> and how you were doing it. And so it was kind of a weird thing for me because I had been through that. And the big lesson for me with the cancer diagnosis was like, yeah, like, let go of everything who knows who knows what the end is and who knows where you're going to end up and and just let go and like live completely fully present today and this is it like don't be afraid to share your music you know don't be afraid to like 
you know, um, put it all out there. And during the pandemic, I started to go on, on Facebook and I sing my songs. I didn't have anything to do. I didn't have a job. I had already let go of all of those things that hang on your shoulders or make you feel embarrassed. Like I just wanted to like be totally alive. And you know, my friends are so nice because I was really awkward and, um, raw and, and, and they would just say, that's amazing. (laughs) And I just kept going. It gave me something to do, you know, it just gave me something to, and I was really practicing because I wasn't able to go up and record with Doug until things settled down. So Mm -hmm. I had that offer out there, but I didn't even know how to practice. You know, I didn't even know how to sing into a microphone. I was using my iPhone. Right. So, so you mentioned you you wrote blow away when you were 16, somewhere around there. Yeah. And you sort of alluded to, uh, sort of cathartic writing yeah um is that still your approach and 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 if not like how has your approach to writing changed so i would say it's like three things like yes that was it it was just therapy it was just about me and it was just about how i felt I never write anything like totally clear. I'm not this like super literal person. I like all the like innuendos that you can imagine. And it was just for me and it talked to other people. I mean, I have a song called Anxiety that, you know, people are crazy about because it's every anxiety you could ever think of. People think I have them all. I only have a couple. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Not as many as Jay. I think Jay's got that market cornered. Yeah, right. Right. So, so, you know, at that time I was doing it, but then I started meeting all these amazing songwriters and they were like, they're not really a songwriter. And these were people that I admire and people who wanted to see me do well and they do well. And they said, you're not really a songwriter until you start writing from someone else's perspective. And so I did go down that journey and I do have songs like that. It was sort of like, everything's just like proof of for me, like I can do it, I'm gonna do it. And I, and I did that and I have some really amazing songs um, that are, are other people's stories. But when I got to Red Wing this year, which was an incredible thing for me because I've been going to Red Wing for 10 years and just as an audience member with no dream, I mean, no like aspiration, I had no idea to be standing on that stage that filled up and standing room only for me. And all of those songwriters were in that room, Um, you know, uh, Justin Jones and Caleb Stein and the Spectator Birds and like, you know, and Chris Howdy Shell and, um, (laughs) you know, and they were there for me. And I remember looking around the room and for the first time realizing like, yeah, they taught me that. And like, this is my moment, this moment here like this could be it. I have no idea about anything ever, you know, because of my the experience of my life. And I'd also had another medical scare right before that. And I am st- standing on that stage and I realize, like, yeah, all those rules are true. And none of the rules got me here. Not one, not one rule did I follow. And I'm in a place that I could never imagine being with opportunities that just don't happen for hardly anybody. And so why would I follow those rules now? And I said on that stage, I'm here to tell you the story of my life. And I said it to those songwriters because it was like, yes, I heard you and I did it. But also actually, I think what I'm doing is trying to tell you my story for me. Mm-hmm. And so it's selfish and, I, and I, that's what I wanna do. Well, I keep hearing that uh, repeated. That's the new model for uh, the entertainment industry is be authentic. 
Yeah. And don't follow the rules. Don't listen to what people are saying. If yeah. It, if it's going to be, it's up to me. Yeah, that's, oh, I like that. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's One what I feel like we bring to bingo. Uh, <laughs> that, absolutely. We yeah. bring our authentic selves. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we try not to follow the bingo rules. Let's <laughs> just be one. So much. No, no. It's be one. Did, did you be play? One. Did you play bingo? Did you yeah. do a card today? I, I did one card. I walked in at the very end, and I will say I've never seen anything as authentic as what I saw tonight. Uh, uh, one of those. One of the. I want to push back against selfish. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. one of those freaks from the beat generation said that which is most personal is most universal. Yeah. Uh, and it strikes me that that just the response you're getting to your song yeah. is, is proof that it's not selfish. Yeah, I had this incredible experience on Wednesday. I, dr- I drove, drove up to D.C. and I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And I and it turns out I was going to be in this 12-story, like, beautiful bar on, ha- overhanging the wharf and, oh, yeah. and the Potomac. And it was insane. But it was this super urban crowd and the guy going before me was like, had been on some sort of like, not America's Got Talent, but some other... And he was playing the flute and he was beatboxing into the flute while he played it. It was absolutely incredible. And then the guy going after me was doing like electronic music and and producing like computer sounds. And like it was super hip and super urban. And I was going in between them. And I I was so excited to be where I was. I couldn't believe where I was. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I'm bringing the pure Appalachia. And then it occurred to me that this might not work out. Like like this might not land, you know. And I had never had that experience because I've just been, you know, doing it here and it mm-hmm. works and and I'm like this is gonna be terrible and so so the flute player goes and he's a mate I mean they everybody was so incredible and then I get up there and I just said I you know I, this is where I'm from and this is what I do I, I just hope this resonates with someone here but thinking maybe it wouldn't and I mean it was amazing the response I got I mean I just connected to them and mm-hmm. told these stories that were yeah I think you're right like completely universal because it's just stories of like heartache and trials and tribulations and and I would say what the stories are about and then I mean they went crazy for it and then lots of people came up to me afterward and said yeah no that was like absolutely because we could hear this other stuff a lot in the city but we've never and then I got interviewed by this one woman who was like a Chris some sort of Christian singer and she has a podcast and she was like Okay, I want to introduce you to Corey Lynn Green. This is the first banjo player I've ever seen or met. Wow. <laughs> and wow. it was cool. It was yeah. cool, you know. Break it down walls. You're, yeah. you're representing banjo us all. Yeah. Yeah. No pressure, right. though. Yeah. Right. Well, we have a, a friend who's uh, got the joke about the banjo being the most racist instrument. But, uh, yeah. uh, it's like... It actually was an African. Yes, yeah. I think it co-opted, yeah. maybe culturally co-opted. It yeah, culturally, from the same. culturally co- yeah. co-opted. Yes, but yeah, absolutely that, origins. It has the same ancestor as the Akanting, right? Uh, and uh, uh, something else, but from Western Africa. Yeah, and there's lots. There are lots of stories about that right now, and and some people think that. Um, you know, if you grew up in the bluegrass tradition or the old time tradition, you don't know those stories. But I actually was raised knowing those stories, and. Um, uh, yeah, there, and there's a lot you can read about it, and it's really interesting. And yeah, of course we we you know try to take over everything, but that is the origin of it. Uh, yeah, I mean it, it was a great fusion. It's it's you know yeah. American melting pot. I mean if you want to yeah. look at the glass half full. Yeah. Or well, I I could say um, I you know I will certainly put some links in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, to some of your music, the, uh, the, the 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 thing that I I would love to say about your voice is it's compelling. 
And I think when people hear you, especially for the first time, they automatically want to hear, like, you know, pay attention to what you have to say. Yeah. And I, I think that's, you know, I rarely use the word you're blessed with that kind of thing. You know, yeah. uh, oh, no. people who know me will know I, I rarely use the word blessed. Uh, but, yes, you are blessed with that kind of voice. People are compelled to listen. And I Thank think you. that's awesome. Thank you. So how are you uh, blessing the world next? That is, what are your... Uh, What's, what's coming up in the next few months for you? So um, the next big thing, and I'm probably forgetting something, is the Northern Appalachian Folk Festival. I'm super excited about that. I'll be on the main stage there, and I'm going to have a special guest guitarist. Guess who? Who? Who, who is it going to be? Chris Howdy Show. Oh, what? What? Wow. He's here right now, right? Yes. Oh, there you are. I've been learning her songs. It's great. It's been a lot of, I mean, it's, it's, it's super fun. Bruce comes over. We, yes. I got, I got cheat sheets. I'm so excited. Thank I'm, you for I know the names me. of the strings if you need. Uh, oh, fantastic. E, yes. A, <laughs> Yeah, I'm super excited about oh, this project. We're going to have a blast. And it's we're going to have the fun. most fun ever. And, you know, at this particular um, thing, they even gave us hotel rooms. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're going to have a lot of fun. And we're just, I think it's going to be really cool to all hang out. And um, I'm really excited to do that with Chris. I mean, I feel like we, we start somewhere creatively from the very beginning. And, and so here we'll be on this main stage in this, in this place I know nothing about. I'll tell you, the, 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 the show that I, I, is going to happen, me and you are going to co-do a show at the Little Grill. We should do the first one that comes mm. back. Well, we should talk about I mean, I don't know how much time we have, but, but we were supposed to do that. I know, like, like before COVID. Before COVID. And we had it on the schedule. And yeah. it, was the, it was coming up. And it was the first thing to be shut down. Yeah. Was our sh- our shared show. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And and so we lost it. But yeah, we're gonna make it happen. Let's see if we can make that happen. Be fun. Right. Yeah, right. It, it definitely should happen. Yeah. <laughs> it was supposed to happen three years ago. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. yeah. Truly, it really was. Yeah. We well, had we had Jay was gonna be there too. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, you were gonna my, my you were gonna introduce us and oh, do some comedy. Star show. Wow. Yeah. All right, Jay will be there, too. (laughs) That was back in the 1840s. That's right. (laughs) Anything new on the pickleball front? Oh. Pickleball, pickleball, pickleball. Pickleball. You know what? We do have some news. Oh, yeah, I have news. I have news from the pickleball court. Okay, so first off, I should say that I did beat my son the other day, which what? is a pretty big deal. No, you don't You're mean like beat him. Punishment. Yeah, yeah. 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 Punishment. I beat him at pickleball. Yeah, okay. oh, it was really sweet. <laughs> and uh, then he ended up beating me like the next three games but i gotta say if you don't get there early you're not getting on that court oh my gosh it's hot purcell purcell park the court is hot i mean there's a line out the door to play the pickleball and i see the better but i see the uh the tennis players and they're all like hey we got all this room and the pickleballers are looking over at the tennis players oh they're coming for you tennis players that's all i got to say right now they're coming for you they're, they're building a that. they're building a, a new indoor facility in Rockingham County. No. Oh, that's right, yes. that's right. A new uh, a rec, center. rec center just got approved. Six. Let's talk about that next week, <laughs> <laughs> or not, uh, or maybe I don't know. It's there. I think that's it. Le- yeah, let's. Uh, that, let's hey, thank you so that, much, Corey, for yeah, coming here. Thanks so much for having me. You guys are hilarious. No. Uh, Looking forward to hearing your new album, and then it's going to be on Spotify under Corey Green, right? Corey Lynn Green. Corey, Corey Lynn, Lynn Green. Green. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I haven't named it yet, but I have some ideas, and I'm probably going to be putting together a little 
private invite um, album release party. So you guys will hear about that soon. And, and, and for anyone catching the show right now, you do have a thing coming up this Saturday. Saturday right? night, I will be the yes. uh, feature. The feature. The Second feature. Feature. right before the big, the big. Oh, okay, guest, yeah. Uh, okay. At Court Square Theater. Uh, <laughs> and call up Mama Shackles. She loves to hear from you <laughs> <laughs> and sell you tickets. We're sponsored by Ruby's Arcade and hey, thank you, Ruby's. Yeah, uh, downtown scenic Harrisonburg, and uh, we're here every night, every Tuesday, seven thirty. For Bingo is Life, Woo! live and in person, and Bingo is Life podcast on the air whenever you want to hear us in cyberspace. See you next week. Thank you, Bye. guys. See ya. Bingo is Life, a post-Bingo Harrisonburg podcast, is brought to you by the Brothers How to Show and our friends at Ruby's Arcade in downtown Harrisonburg, Virginia. If you've enjoyed the show and feel it's worth spreading a little joy in this world, please tell just one person that you like this podcast. Word of mouth, more than any other form of promotion, is how creative works get noticed and sustain themselves. Thank you, Andrew Hickey, for that bit of wisdom, and thank you, listeners, for being part of the fun. <laughs>